Hi, my name is Kanal, and welcome to the Geeks of the Valley podcast, which connects with some of the brightest minds globally who are leading their respective industries today to discuss the hottest upcoming industry trends and how their work is affecting the global economy. What started off as a coffee chat has now grown into a global platform for visionaries. This morning, from Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam, we have the co-founder of Homebase joining us. Homebase was founded in 2019 to give prospective buyers in Vietnam an alternative to traditional financing. Please welcome Philip An. Philip, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Grinald, it's good to be here. Um, you know, very, very good uh, in Vietnam. Things are, I think, um, you know, looking very, very optimistic. So uh, I was mentioning that um, actually starting like next week and um, there's actually going to be the um, like they're actually going to let people in for international tourism after two years, basically. So I think people are very, very optimistic and very happy about the future of uh, like kind of what lies in store here. Yeah. So, Philip, yeah. tell me about yourself and your background and how it led you to the path of starting Homebase, a YC backed company. Awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure if you can tell by the accent, but I, you know, I'm actually mainly from the US and, you know, spent most of my time actually in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Um, uh, so actually for myself, I had a technical background growing up. Um, I studied computer science, but, you know, immediately after that, I was able to you know, have the opportunity to try a lot of different interesting fields and, you know, professions per se. Um, everything from like management consulting to investment banking to venture capital um, to even product management. And I think over the past several years, having all of these kind of um, opportunities has really, really kind of led me to my entrepreneurial journey. Um, and, you know, I think it was being in Silicon Valley, seeing all of these other amazing people starting startups or starting companies, being that space, being that ecosystem that kind of really inspired me to take the leap of faith and, you know, work on home base for the past several years. Um, yeah, happy to dive into like any of those experiences if, if you're curious. <laughs> so Philip on the home base side, uh, yes. what, what is home base Philip and, and, and what pushed you to start a company like home base in Vietnam? Yeah. Um, I mean, what home base does is we provide another path, an alternative path to home ownership. Um, for basically people in Southeast Asia, right? So it's, you know, one of kind of the really meaningful um, impacts uh, and, and mission statements that we're working on. Um, but it's also at the confluence of real estate, technology, and also finance as well. Um, yeah, and I think over the past several years, right, it was actually a lot of our personal experiences, my and my co-founders' personal experiences, uh, talking to consumers and our own personal struggles, basically trying to buy real estate, um, you know, in this part of the world. Um, that really led to start uh, this company, right? So, you know, before my co-founder and I were, you know, riffing on ideas, right? And, you know, we had this conversation about, hey, what are some of the biggest problems that you face, right? We're big fans of YC, always have been. Um, and, you know, they really encourage you to think about solving the own problems that you face. And for him, you know, one of the biggest problems is that, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a startup person, it's just very hard to afford a traditional home loan, right? Partially because of very strict income requirements, um, but also real estate prices are just increasing really, really fast in the region. So in Vietnam, it's something like 20%, 22% every single year, right? So it's, it's very hard for kind of a normal, even successful person to um, be able to buy a home, right? And have that, have that, you know, path forward. 
So um, basically, it was kind of with that in mind that we decided to, you know, embark on this mission of trying to solve one of the biggest problems that a lot of millennials and a lot of young people face here, right, which is how do I be able to buy a home? And how do I afford it with all of the rising, rising prices and, you know, and, and um, the, the really strict criteria for banks? Um, so yeah, that's kind of what what you know made us start the company, right? And I think over time, um, Homebase has really evolved from you know solving this core problem of you know how do we make home ownership more accessible to everyone um, to even tackling other parts of the prop tech market. So you know we've done other you know models that include you know iBuyer or um, other kind of uh, very very interesting prop tech models that we've seen very successful in the U.S. and other parts of the world as well. So diving a bit deeper into this. Uh, when you say these other prop tech models, uh, wh what type of models are these? What are we what are we referring to here? Can you give some examples? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think one of the core kind of models that you know we started to do, um, and especially during COVID, right, was this concept of an, an a buyer, i buyer, right? Um, and you know, fundamentally, what was the driver about uh, of this is that you know during COVID, it's it's very hard to actually have a very strong appetite for home ownership, right? Because people are um, kind of very conservative with their money and they want to save up and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, when we were talking to a lot of our consumers, right, you know, what we realized is that actually people wanted to sell their real estate, right? And they wanted to basically unlock the cash from their home so that they can fund their businesses, they can feed their families um, or, you know, save their businesses basically, right? So, um, but what we saw kind of the problem in the market is that it was very hard for people to sell because there was no liquidity, right? Like there's not a lot of buyers in a COVID environment where everyone's trying to sell. And so, um, you know, the kind of the biggest uh, pain point that they faced was, hey, I'm, I, I really want to sell my property, but there's no buyers. Like, what do I do? I still need cash, right? So that's exactly what iBuyer does, right? iBuyer is called an instant buyer. And, you know, it's actually a very popular model that, has been, you know, done very successfully by companies like OfferPad and OpenDoor in the U.S. And basically what we do is we tell consumers, hey, you know, if you want instant liquidity, um, you know, we'll charge you a slight fee on the property. But basically you come to us, you tell us about your property, we do a quick inspection, you know, and you can sell your property as fast as three days in full cash, right? And this really kind of disrupts the traditional way of selling the property because before, you know, you need to find an agent, you need to list it, you need to clean out your home and you need to even show people like the property, right, in person. And obviously during COVID with all of the restrictions in place, it was very hard for people to do that. So now people have a way to instantly sell their property, get money from it, and then kind of just move on and, you know, um, use the cash as, as they need. Yeah. So, so Philip, based on what you just said, when it comes to this iBuyer business, it, it seems to differ from what it seemed the actual uh, home-based business was. Was there a, a product market fit switch or what, what happened here? Was this just because of COVID that you guys made, made a pivot? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think, you know, just for your uh, uh, viewers and, and listeners understanding, like what actually Homebase does is, you know, we like fundamentally provide another way for people to be able to buy a home, right? How does it actually work? Um, actually, basically, if you're a consumer of Canal, right, if you actually want to buy a house, um, traditionally, you would actually have to go find your own house and then you um, go find an agent and, you know, after you find an agent, then you apply for a loan and then, you know, sometimes you'll get your loan decision back and they might not want to find uh, finance, like let's say 90% or 70% or even 50% of your home, or might, they might just reject you as a whole. And then you have to do a deposit in that kind of process, right? But what we do is quite different, right? So if you're a consumer and you want to work with Homebase, you actually come to us and say, hey, you know, I want to buy this home, 
but I'm not really sure about my finances because you know you could be a foreigner, you could be um, an, an entrepreneur, right? Maybe you have unstable income. So what we actually do is we actually handhold you through the entire shopping process, right? You actually find any home you want. It could be an apartment, it could be land, it could be um, a landed property anywhere in Vietnam. And actually we buy the home for you first, right? So, you know, actually we buy it for you first. So from day one, you can start, you know, living in it. You can start renting it out if you want. Um, and over time, essentially what we're doing is we pre-agree a buyback price in the future. And this is saying, hey, if you buy it at 100K today and we pre-agree, let's say 150K after five years, um, every single month you just deposit more and more and more towards that buyback price, such that by the end of the contract, you probably have, you know, unlocked, you know, a little bit more kind of equity in your home. And then at that point, you can decide to fully buy it out. Or if you want, you can actually walk away and sell it um, anything you want, right? And then you get your money back, essentially. Um, so it's actually another way for people to be able to buy a home, right? Um, touching on your question, like the reason why we actually kind of, you know, decided to do this iBuyer business, again, is actually just because of customer demand, right? Um, you know, we're, 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 we're as a business, right? Um, it, it is actually, and as a startup, it's actually very essential that you have to keep on talking to your customers, keep on getting the insights, the feedback on what people want and what directions people want you to do, right? And I think it was very clear to us that during COVID, the appetite for buying real estate really had dried up, right? And, you know, people were looking for money to be able to finance for people to, you know, um, fund their businesses and support their families, right? So, you know, kind of the decision to launch this business model, iBuyer, in conjunction with what we do normally, was actually driven by the customer appetite that we saw and kind of the market need, right? And I think we're lucky that, you know, after, even after COVID and even after things are starting to recover, there's been strong demand for actually, you know, not only the original product that has returned, but also kind of continued support for this iBuyer product. Because again, nothing like that, you know, has been done in Vietnam so far. And I think we're really kind of trying to bring a lot of these services, right, to, to, to these uh, more emerging markets. So when it comes to this aspect of this client walking onto this platform, you walk them through the process, you end up buying the property for them, right? And then they end up paying you back. So the equity versus debt ratio, the equity is increasing, right? The debt is going down as they slowly pay you back. But what happens hypothetically if something happens in, in that client's life where they need to extend that? Is there fluidity around uh, these contracts? Uh, how do you guys deal with those unknown factors, unknown situations? Yeah, that's a really great question. And actually, I think it's something that we, you know, we personally saw a lot of during COVID because there was so much instability and volatility in the market, right? Um, and I think that's actually where Homebase stands out compared to a more traditional solution, like per se a bank, right? Um, in a bank's case, they basically seize your assets, they kick you out of the home, then, you know, they evict you essentially, and then you know you have nowhere else to live. Um, Homebase, actually, we have uh, many different options in terms of the monthly payments, right? So we allow customers to actually choose how much they want to deposit. So there's obviously a monthly minimum amount, but you can actually deposit more than that if you want um, on on your monthly deposit. So actually, in terms of your you know um, flexibility in your monthly payments, right? Um, actually, it could be up to 75% lower than traditional financing options, and that's what makes it a lot more accessible 
um, in addition to kind of qualification factors. But that, that's what makes it a lot more accessible to a wider range of people, including very young people, right, who maybe they have unstable income or they don't earn as much every single month, right? Um, and I guess with home base, right, at any time, um, we give you the options to either kind of fully buy out the property, you know, if you find a seller, but, you know, if let's say that you really are struggling financially and, you know, this is a burden and you really can't do it, um, it's actually okay, right? And we allow the customer to actually walk away at any single time and cash out the equity that they've accrued in the property. Um, so in that case, we would basically engage a third-party agent, we would sell the property, and then immediately upon the sale, we would actually give you back your proceeds, which is all the deposits that you accrued in the property over time. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, part of this, uh, uh, our role, right, is to become like a really, like a, a really kind of um, reliable partner alongside you, right, in the home ownership process. And we just really want to make the experience so much better than what people um, have done before. And as of uh, November uh, of last year, you raised a whopping thirty million U.S. dollars, which is which is amazing and, and huge for Southeast Asia because those those funds tend to go a, a very very long way. Yeah, I think you know, I think honestly, we're we're very very lucky to be backed by you know some of these really great innovative uh, VCs and, and companies that really see the potential of of this region, right? So um, uh, for us, you know, we were actually very lucky. I think we were actually the first uh, company from Vietnam um, to go through YC. So uh, YC, right? So before there was, I think, no companies, no other companies from Vietnam that had done the program. Um, and, you know, actually people who invested in us and joined the round are, you know, people who have seen a lot of these very successful companies, right? So executives from, you know, really revolutionary companies like Open Door, like Divi Homes, that basically do these kind of models in the US, right? And are really innovating on PropTech and then other really well-established venture funds like Goodwater Capital and Partech, um, who have invested in a lot of these uh, PropTech innovators as well. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, we're, we're very optimistic about kind of the region. And, you know, we're very glad that our partners and investors also kind of see such a amazing growth potential for this as well. You raise both across equity and debt, then that's quite unique. What, what caused you to, you know, split it across equity and debt? What was the leading factor uh, behind this? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, fundamentally, you know, our, our mission and at Homebase, what we do is really helping people kind of be able to afford homes, right? And, you know, for us, we just thought that it actually makes a lot more sense um, that, you know, we would work with stable, you know, capital partners who are, you know, billion dollars, like kind of family offices or institutional debt funds um, and lose that capital for us to be able to buy the underlying assets, right? Um, instead of just pure equity, um, because, you know, for example, we actually have a very lean team relative to a lot of other startups that are our size, I would say. And, you know, we really wanted to kind of use that money for a good purpose, right? And use it for uh, the best purpose, which is actually the buying the assets, right? So in that case, like that makes a little bit more sense than something like equity. So, so Philip, speaking of investors, who have been some of uh, your most strategic investors uh, uh, till date? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for us, uh, you know, we're really lucky to be backed by, um, you know, really, really, um, you know, amazing and visionary people and, and funds, actually. So um, for us, uh, we went through YC, um, actually, as for the first Vietnam company to, uh, to actually go through YC. So before us, I don't think there was anyone else um, in, in its history 
Um, and I think we were, uh, it, was, it was a great experience despite, you know, being remote and stuff. Um, but also, you know, there's been uh, a few like very strategic angels, uh, angel investors and operators who have backed us, um, including executives and founders and, you know, ex-CEOs and ex-COOs of companies like Divi Homes, which does rent to own in the U.S. And I think they just raised, uh, you know, at like a two or three billion dollar valuation, basically. Um, uh, one of the former execs at Open Door actually is one of our investors. Um, Open Door just went public last year, I think, under a SPAC. Um, I think they're now worth between like five to ten billion USD. They also do iBuyer as a business, and you know some really big uh, kind of property platforms and portals, including um, 99Co and uh, and uh, other kind of uh, platforms in in Southeast Asia. And I think on the more institutional front, um, you know, we've had several like. Uh, pretty, you know, kind of strategic VCs as well that have backed us. Um, and those include, you know, uh, like Good Good Water Capital, um, who also I think backed Open Door and like Partech Ventures, um, which is one of the leading funds in Europe as well. Um, in addition to YC and you know some of the other investors in the region as well. Um, yeah, and I think for us, um, yeah, I mean it's it's something that we're quite lucky because obviously somewhere like Vietnam and Southeast Asia is still such a developing part of the world. But, you know, a lot of these investors see the opportunity here because honestly, there hasn't been too many, um, you know, very innovative prop tech companies here. And, you know, having that, um, you know, support is, is really, really nice for us as well. So going off that point, what is it like developing a startup in a low to mid income market like Vietnam? Uh, what, what was the problem that you saw in this market that you were really trying to solve when you initially dived into it? Our, our target customers actually are anyone who wants to own a home but cannot because of the traditional limitations of the banking and the financial system, right? These include people like, you know, any foreigner um, in Vietnam actually cannot qualify for a bank loan because of regulations um, on the state bank of Vietnam, right? Or it could be, you know, even a young person um, who is in their 20s, who is in their 30s, maybe looking to start a family and they want to be able to buy a home because they, maybe they're thinking of having kids. Um, yet, you know, because they don't have enough savings or because their income is volatile, right? Maybe they're an entrepreneur or maybe um, they, you know, do freelance gigs. The bank actually doesn't accept their income, right? So we're basically being able to um, make homeownership accessible for all of these groups of people who traditionally then could not be able to buy a home and could not afford a home. Now we're making that dream possible for them. You know, hiring in a market such as Vietnam, do you find a difference in the quality of the developers and talent uh, which you are seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think at Homebase, we're really lucky to have a really international and diverse team. Um, you know, for us, you know, we have kind of people who are definitely Vietnamese who have grew up here in the market, who have gone through the education here, and you know, they're really, really great talent. We have people who maybe are ethnically from here, but they've studied overseas. They worked in, you know, Silicon Valley, and then they came here. And then we also have people who are kind of expats, right, who are from places like Silicon Valley or Wall Street and in New York, and you know, came here, came to Southeast Asia because they see such a massive opportunity. Um, I definitely think that hiring is going to be more difficult because, you know, the traditional startup environments and the concentration of talent that you see in Silicon Valley um, just, you know, is 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 just 
know, geographically located elsewhere, right? But I think we're just very, very encouraged because I think, you know, we see such a dynamic and amazing talent pool here, and it's actually increased in, uh, you know, over time, right? And I think overall, we've been able to assemble, assemble still a really, really good team, um, despite, you know, having all of these uh, um, um, kind of uh, uh, like um, uh, hurdles, basically, in, in finding talent, yeah. Now, changing topic uh, a bit to, to the more uh, personal side of things, uh, Philip, you are from the US. And do you ever envision yourself going back after this startup? Where, where do you see this going? Yeah, that's a really funny question because every single time that I catch up with my friends who are in the U.S., um, we have the same conversation about you know moving back and where 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 we see ourselves in the next several years. And at least you know for me, looking at kind of the world as a whole, I and, and you know a lot of my members of my team, we really believe that Southeast Asia is going to be the next nexus of growth for the next decade or so. And you know historically, if you look at countries like China um, that really have gone through this massive transformation financially, digitally over the past decades or so. Um, we see a very similar growth story in uh, Southeast Asia and, and Vietnam as a whole, right? Um, you know, if you look at the economy of Vietnam, right, it's growing around six to seven percent every single year consistently for the past ten years. Um, you know, with the exception of maybe like COVID, but you know that growth is rebounding even this year, right? Um, if you look at the kind of you know, the, the, the GDP growth rate is just insane, right? And I think um, there was a BCG study that, that, that did an analysis on um, kind of Vietnam's middle class. And basically in the next five years, right, by 20, 2030 or so, um, you know, there'll be around 30 million people moving into the middle class, right? And all of this unlocks a huge need for services, uh, for goods. And, you know, it's, it's all this latent kind of uh, pent up demand um, that's being unleashed over the next decade or so. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, my own objective, in terms of what we're building at home base, right, we really do view that Southeast Asia has such a strong opportunity for growth. And there will be more and more, you know, venture deals coming out of here, more and more investments, and more and more really innovative startups coming out of uh, this part of the world. So, Philip, to wrap up our call with our last and final question for the day, uh, what piece of advice would you give to people out there from the journey you've had uh, so far in life? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, I think for me, if I look back on my journey over the past, you know, two or three years, right? Um, the overwhelming lesson I've honestly learned is just take risks and try to, you know, really follow your gut in terms of what you want to do. I think before, you know, if you look at my career, it's, it's you know, a lot more traditional companies and traditional career paths because, you know, growing up, that was what was deemed as the successful one um, and the well-trodden one, especially in you know, somewhere like Silicon Valley or, or Wall Street or those kind of things. Um, but, you know, having the kind of the guts to, uh, quit your job and then you know just move and uh, run a startup is 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 a very like you know irrational decision but it's something that I felt was right right and I think over and over again when we look at hey like during COVID how do we ma manage to navigate the business taking all of these like calculated risks and just taking that leap of faith has really um, you know brought me to do really really amazing things right so I think you know for your listeners out there who are just kind of considering it or just um, you know, like maybe, hey, like they're, they're, they're still a little bit hesitant about, um, you know, doing something that they never tried before. Um, I, I just say go for it, right? And what's the worst thing that can happen, right? You can always go back to your uh, job. You can always find another job. But um, I think the most important thing is to really capture these opportunities and, and, and just take a leap of faith. Yeah. 
And Philip, for listeners out there who are interested in touching base with you or potentially catching a cup of coffee with you, what would be the best point of contact? Yeah, definitely happy to reach out and chat. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn at Philip Ann, um, which I think you can also attach to my um, uh, profile, Cornell. Um, but if you also want to send me an email, my name, uh, my email is Philip, P-H-I-L-L-I-P at gethomebase.com. So feel free to reach out anytime and happy to chat. Philip, it was a pleasure having you on Geeks of the Valley and thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for your time too, Cornell. This podcast is brought to you by Pytone an Asian-based open-source enterprise software company. Pytone offers a suite of software applications and infrastructure services to scholars and universities.